Hello and welcome to Killing at the Crimecast. I'm Lux. And I'm Meg. Very poorly, Meg. Oh, you sound like a teenage boy. I know. (laughs) Not that I don't normally, but you know. But with all the voice cracks and everything now. Oh, it's it's like my voice is breaking. I'm going through puberty all over again. It's a wonderful experience. (laughs) Oh, you poor thing. Meg has got freshers. Mm -hmm. And for... Got it bad. Do you think that comes from the American term freshman? And then it's like, we're just... We've just ruined it. We just and nicked it. Freshers, like nicked mate. Everything else. Yeah, probably. Wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, so freshman flu, if that's a thing, we call it freshers flu. Whatever. I don't know. Yeah. I don't give a shit. I mean, I give a shit about you, but I don't care where it came from. Thanks, mate. No, fuck that. <laughs> Good. So on that note, uh, this week we are doing more murders and serial killers and stuff. What are you doing this week, Lux? I'm actually going to do the Beasts of Satan, which is an Italian cult. Oh, it's a cult. I'm excited for that. Yeah, mate. Yeah, mate. You know me and my cults. That's good. And I'm doing about a bloke called Baylor Kiss, um, which is, is a very, very cool story. He's known as the vampire of uh, Cincotta, So, Oh, nice. Fun. I'm doing yeah. about a bloke. I quite like that. Yeah. Do you want to um, go first? And I'll try and have some tea and sort my life out a little bit. First, I wanted to ask you, actually, have you finished watching cults? Yeah, I watched it all in one day, mate. It was great. Is it good? Right. Here's the thing. No, no, no. No spoilers. No, no, I, haven't I finished promise it. you, everyone, no spoilers here. It's okay. really good, but have you watched Prison Break, right? Because the last no, season of Prison Break... Yeah, exactly. So basically, it's one of those shows where at the end, they just chuck in, like, all plot twists for the sake of it. And the last right. couple of episodes of Cult are like that. There's some really, really awesome bits because they mention other cults. So they go back to, like, Jonestown, and they mention nice. the Manson family, and you get to see the guy who plays... What's his name? The pretty blonde boy. You get to see he's him. He's not pretty. I don't right, think he's attractive, not... mate. Well, everyone knows who, who I'm talking about when I say that, so that's that's fine. The um, one who's the ghost in season one. Yeah, him. Yeah. He plays each of the people. So he plays Jim Jones oh, and he so plays cool. Manson. Yeah. And oh, he's obviously like see seeing that. stuff. Yeah, man, it's really good. But the ending is not great. But, it, you know, to be fair, most endings or like last episodes of that TV show are generally terrible. Yeah. So it's not about the ending anyway. But yeah, All no, right. I really well, I'll, I'll finish watching mm. it because Meg and I started watching it together and then I went home to a house in the countryside all on my own. And I was like, maybe let's not freak myself maybe out. <laughs> maybe let's not get a bit scared. Um, so I didn't watch anymore. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's fair enough. Yeah. I'm just a baby. Um, yeah, so I'll give you a voice a break now and I'll tell everyone about my story, shall I? Thanks. Oh, is there any housekeeping we need to do? Um, because this is pre-recorded, unless anyone's been extra nice to you on the social media that you want to say hello to, I can't think of anything. No, not for now. We'll, we'll do it in the next episode. I'll have a look and see what God I God damn it, you guys, be extra nice. What's yeah, wrong nice. with you? Be nice to me, I'm <laughs> ill. No. Okay. All right. <clears throat> so, here you go. Now, I'm actually, so I'm really pleased with myself um because so so i'll hear about a case that i want to cover and i'll put it in my notes on my phone Mm -hmm. and then sometimes i'll dig it back up and i'll be like beasts of satan what is that even referring to what the hell and then i'll google it and i'll be like oh my god this is amazing so (laughs) So shout out to past lux yeah shout out to me um (laughs) but all the articles and stuff i found it was mostly on like ranker and stuff like that where it was all like craziest real life crimes committed in the name of Satan and stuff like that. Ugh. And so it was all like very short and none of them really go into actually what the cult 
did and believed and any of their rituals or any of the manipulation or anything right. like that, sure. which pissed me off. But I then found a YouTube documentary by the channel Real Investigations, just called The Beasts of Satan. And it was actually really good. Didn't tell me anything about <laughs> more about the, what the cult believed, but it was interesting. So it was good. It was pretty damn good. Um, so I will give people a link and you can go watch that if you go to the sources. So if you don't want to watch it, here's the story. It takes place in Italy near Milan-ish and it's January of 1998. Now, okay. Michel Tollis gets a call from his son, Fabio. Fabio is 17 and he's part of a band called the Circus of Satan. Ooh. Uh. I know. 17. That's such a 17-year-old fucking bad name. <clears throat> I know. It's not good. Bless him. I know. Um, and so Fabio tells him that he's currently at this this uh, heavy metal, whatever you call it, when it's Satan music. Um, <laughs> this club. Think, oh, club. What? No, yeah. But, but what's the brand of music? It's like death metal, heavy metal. metal. Yeah, like death metal. There's a bunch of different. It's a metal one. And okay. it's called it's called the Midnight Pub. And he says that he wants to spend the night at his girlfriend, Kiara's. He's not going to come home. And his dad's like, that's not appropriate for a 17-year-old. Well, you can't fair just, enough, mate. You can't just ring me up and be like, all right, dad, I'm going to go fuck my GF. See ya. Like, yeah, like, like your dad's your fucking housemate at uni. Like, what? Yeah, exactly. You can't do that. No. So um, so that's pretty much what he says. He's like, nah, mate, that's not appropriate. Get the bus home. And if or the train or whatever, like get public transport home. And if it's stopped yep. running, I will come and pick you up. Stay where you are. What a good dad. Yeah. And he's especially um, keen to come get him because he sounds like he's drunk or high or like someone's forcing him to say these things. He doesn't oh, sound weird. like himself. Okay. So, you know, when you can just pick up in someone's voice, like when something's off and you don't know what it is, but you're like, there is something here, which means that this is not correct. Yeah. So, He's extra anxious because of that. And obviously it's his son. He's a minor. So he gets changed and he heads to the midnight pub and it takes him about 30 minutes to get there. And bear in mind, this is at like midnight. So bless him. He's just immediately hopped out of bed and been like, nope, going to go get him. Not even angry. Just worried. That's really sweet. That's lovely. I know. Now there's this guy with an Italian name, but apparently he went by Ozzy because Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> literally he named himself Ozzy he gave himself a nickname I cannot stand when people do that I know everyone had that one mate who came to uni and they were like oh yeah I'm I'm um what's a really posh name Lux Annabelle yeah literally I had mates who would, who would be like oh um my name's Annabelle but everyone calls me by my last name and their last name would be something equally as posh and it's like no one calls you by that what's that um you know in Fresh Meat there's a girl who Oregon. goes by like Oregon yes and her real name is like Francesca or some shit. I'm sure it's yeah. It's it's very posh and she's got horses and shit. That's yeah. that happens all the time at university. And she's like, no, my name's Oregon. And yeah, everyone calls me Oregon. No one calls you Oregon. No one. Stop it. So yeah, it wasn't really relevant to the story, and there are too many Italian names to keep track. So we're just gonna call this man Ozzy. Good. So um. Ozzy's there. He like works there or some shit. He's like there all the time, and so. Michelle talks to him and says, where's Fabio? And he goes, oh, yeah, Fabio went to the bistro next door to, to make a phone call. He went there with his girlfriend, Chiara. Right. Um, goes to the bistro next door. Not there. They've obviously left. Ozzy helps out Michelle and they search all the nearby pubs, 
and a vacant construction site that Ozzy says, oh, maybe two lovebirds would go and, you know, bone down there or something. Okay, right. Um, So they're, they're looking all over, basically, and they can't find them. So Michelle calls Kiara's parents and they say she's not home yet. And then Ozzy and four other Circus of Satan band members join in the search some more. And then one by one they give up and they go home. And so does Michelle and Fabio isn't in his bed, which obviously you'd be hoping for after the search. You're like, now nah, I'm probably yeah. just being silly. He's probably just in his bed. But he gets home and he's not in his bed. And it, it, Michelle, Michelle is the hero in the story. Just, just so I can put that out there already. He is the boss and kudos to him for everything that he does because he, he does it all right. So he can't sleep that night. And at 7.30 a.m. he goes to Kiara's house to go and see if she's there and to see if Fabio's there as well. They're not. And it turns out her parents are really worried as well. Fuck. He goes to the police and he says that he thinks something's happened to his son and his girlfriend. And the police are like, nah, they probably just ran away together. They're lovebirds, mate. Fuck's sake. I know. Literally classic. That is. That's fucking classic. And also, it's not been 48 hours yet, so technically they're not missing persons. That is such a dumb rule. It's so stupid. Like, yes, they're teenagers, but that just... And they, like, could that makes it more likely that they're lovebirds running away. But at the same time, it also makes them more likely to make stupid decisions and hitchhike yes. or, you know, fall down a ditch. Or trust or, someone who's obviously not, worth, you know, trustworthy. Exactly. So it, it's not great. No. So, his dad doesn't give up. Michelle doesn't give up. He calls everyone that he knows that his son knows. And he arranges a search party. He gets all the Circus of Satan people to meet him at a park and do a walking search thing. Right, good. So, this is when two characters come in. This guy named Volpe and this guy named Sapone. These all sound like vampires. I know, right? I mean, those are their last names, but still. Still. Um, these two characters come into play, these two vampires. <laughs> and apparently, so, so they're in the Circus of Satan too, right? Right. And they used to ransack cemeteries for decorations for the gigs. The fuck? That's horrible. <gasps> right? Oh my God, that's terrible. And also bearing in mind, this is Italy, so it's like quite heavily Catholic. I bet yeah, the decorations no, really would be bad. beautiful and like ornate and precious. <laughs> and yeah, they've and just also- gone- also super inappropriate like like from so i've got quite a few italian friends i've made through work um and talking to them the worst swear words possible in italy are swearing about um mary the mother of jesus or swearing about jesus like yeah it's worse than saying the c word in english or any of that crap yeah um so knowing that and how how like deeply catholic they are in you know yeah yeah that's that's fucked what it's fucked Mm. So apparently it was the two of those two of them, so Volpe and Saponi, they started all this cult stuff and gradually Michelle finds out that his son's been involved in occult behaviour. So the circus of Satan isn't only uh, <coughs> Oh my god, I think I'm getting poorly too. Uh, oh sorry. No. It's going through the mic. <laughs> you bitch. <laughs> you bitch. <laughs> um <laughs> so yeah. Michelle finds out that actually not only is his son involved in this sort of satanic band, but he's actually, the band members are also part of this cult called Beasts of Satan, which is led by members of the band. Does that make sense? So yeah, the band isn't, it's not the cult, but 
the people in the band are oh, all are they in cult, the cult. Which is separate. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. And which two of them actually like started, basically. <clears throat> kind of like when there's like a church band and yeah. <laughs> and they're not the church, but yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so um, when the police go and search Kiara's room, they find a bunch of satanic stuff, including an right. altar. So this is when Michelle starts putting together a sort of dossier of all this satanic activity. He starts thinking, right, this has got to have something to do with why my son went missing because it's weird. Okay. Oh, also he finds out that Kiara's 19 and his son's oh, so 17. A bit older. Okay. Yeah. So he's there like, all right, so this is kind of weird. That makes me uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable that she was very obviously a Satanist. It makes me uncomfortable that my 17 year old was being led astray by these older people who were in a cult. Of course. I'm going to start gathering all the information I can and maybe the police will listen to me one day. Because, of course, the police find this satanic altar in Kiara's room and they don't think anything of it. You're joking. They, no, they don't think anything of it. They just brush it aside. Oh, kids these days with their satanic fucking altars in their room. What are they <laughs> yeah. like? What out. are um, they like? The, yeah. I don't know why I went to West Country there. But she, like, do you know what I mean? What the fuck? Yeah. <clears throat> I don't understand their, their logic there. How can they think that that's not got anything to do with it? I mean, anyway, I... I it makes me angry. I get that, yeah. In the meantime, whilst he's putting together this dossier, he starts putting posters up and all of this. He's trying really hard. Uh, much like the mum of Linda in my case last week. He's he's the hero. He's trying really hard, right? Good. Awesome. And the police actually tell him to stop. They're like, look, mate, you're busting our balls. These are just two lovebirds who ran away and you're making it seem like a big deal and like we're not doing anything. Can you just stop? <laughs> Oh my god, I know how to do my job, all right? Just let me do it. That's what that sounds like. Um, spoiler alert, they weren't two lovebirds that ran away. So Michelle Ooh. is on point with his investigation. Good. So he starts also questioning people about the occult. Not only is he sort of gathering this information of who's in the band and who's in the cult, but he um he starts interviewing people and he finds out that a lot of people at the um What's it called? Not the Midnight Pub. Oh, it was the Midnight Pub. Yeah. So a lot of people at the Midnight Pub were um, all part of either part of the cult or just Satanists. Right. Fuck. Izzy just texted me asking if I want a Sunday roast. So I'm just going to say yes. <laughs> that sounds really good. Do you know what? I'm surprised isn't a thing yet. Fucking Deliveroo roasts, like takeaway roasts. Oh, well, they'd be, they'd they'd be disgusting. No, 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 no. Like, I don't mean like microwave roasts, mate. I mean like. Your local pub. Your local pub. Oh, that. Delivered. That is smart. Yeah, because I don't want to leave the house today. I'm going to spend the entire day in my underwear on my sofa watching Catfish like I was doing before we did this podcast. Very nice. And But I do want to roast. So maybe that's something we should look into. <laughs> Business opportunity. <laughs> Woo. Okay. He, he also finds out that... Do you remember Ozzy? Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, he is sort of the nexus for this. It's all focused around him. What? And he's like, so this bastard tr searched with me and Fuck. he definitely knows something. Yeah. What an ass. So he shows up to Ozzy's and it's super demonic in Ozzy's bedroom. No. And he's like, all righty then. 
Okay. <laughs> what, you, uh, what you doing here, Paul? What's this? <laughs> what's, uh, what's all this? Um, For fuck's sake. So he, so he interviews all the band members about what happened the night that his son went missing. Right, yeah. And every single person says the exact same thing, detail no. by detail. It's rehearsed. It's a story they've come up yeah. with and it's rehearsed. I mean, did they think that that wasn't going to be obvious? Like, do you, do you know what well, I mean? Well, the like, bloody police didn't pick up on it, so... Oh, no. <laughs> I know. Um, fucking hell. Fast forward six years later. It's now January 24th of 2004. Yeah. And police get a call about a dazed man wandering around talking to himself and possibly under the influence of something. Right. It's, it's our favourite vampire, Volpe. He's taken a mix of amphetamines, cocaine and heroin. Somebody had a good weekend. <laughs> Not sure about that, mate. <laughs> um, he says his girlfriend was following in another car and so they go find her and she's foaming at the mouth. And so they both oh. get taken to hospital. It turns out his girlfriend's 18-year-old Elisabetta Val- uh, Ballerine. And Wait, how old is he? He's, I think, 27 at this point. Oh. Yeah, it's yucky. She dropped out of school as soon as she turned 18. Right. And moved into her family's cottage in the woods with Volpe. As in, she and Volpe took their family's spare cottage. You know, when you just have a spare house and you're like, yeah, all right, babe, go live there. Yeah, that's what, you know, that's the, extra, the extra house. Yeah, Your course. backup house. Obviously. You know. um, <laughs> so she and Volpe move in together. Yeah. Now, this is really creepy and I'd love it if a movie was made about this. Because she wakes up in the hospital Obviously, like, she gets brought in and her mouth is foaming. And she's yeah. delirious when she wakes up. And she starts mumbling shit about sacrifices and blood. Oh, fuck. It sounds super scary. And that I would scary. love it. I would, like, love to... Obviously, poor girl, blah, blah, blah. But I would love to see that in a movie because that just sounds creepy as heck. <laughs> so my notes, my notes here say, Police find out that the car Volpe was driving was someone's mum, whatever. The important part is that she freaks out when she finds out that he was driving it because she says he's dangerous. What does that even mean, Lux? <laughs> it means that there's this girl called Mary Angela. Okay. Now, she used to date Volpe from like 15, that they were both 15 onwards or whatever. Right, okay. And he then left for military service after like five years of dating, something like that, I don't know. Okay. And when he comes back, Mary Angela's mum tells police that he's changed, he's covered in tattoos, he's taken drugs, he's like a metalhead, whatever. All right. And so Mary Angela tries to help him out, but it doesn't work out. She ends up breaking up with him. And Mary Angela's mum is saying to the police, he's dangerous. I don't like the fact that he was driving my car because I lent my car to Mary Angela. And she said she was going to go see friends. Now that means that she went to go see Volpe and now Volpe's driving the car. And where's Mary Angela? Weird. So they're all worried. So police go and visit the cottage where Elisabetta and Volpe were staying. And (laughs) guess what kind of pet they've got? Is it one of those really big snails that are like really fucking gross and you'd never want them as a pet? No. Close. 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 It's a, bo- it's a, it's a boa constrictor. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. These yeah, fucking it's goth nerds have just got a boa Fuck constrictor in there. Like, look how hip we are. Uh, so dangerous, but you know oh what? Oh my gosh, I'm have you got a snake? Have um, you got a real snake? That is the, snake. the most metal thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck's sake. That is, I guarantee you, if you look up a wiki how on how to be metal, that is on there. Yeah. Snake tattoos. Carry a snake everywhere. Alters. Like yeah. in um, in Peep Show, <laughs> when Superhands just rents a snake and carries <laughs> yes. it around his neck. And it's like, yeah, it gives me an air of mystery. <laughs> I love that. 
You know my mate, um, Met Superhands? No. Okay, basically, my mate works in a pub in Brighton. Um, and they often get the whole pub rented out for, like, special private dues. And it was for Superhands' birthday. Right, they had, a, they had a whole room. And he drinks double gin and tonics, um, which was quite interesting to hear. And then my mate was um, going to check, do, like, a toilet check. And she walked through. And you know how pubs often got loads of, like, weird little corridors, especially if they're old? Yeah, yeah. She was walking through to go check in the toilets. And these two girls had cornered Superhands. And they were trying to, like, get him to get off with them. Even what? though his wife was there. Yeah. So my mate saw what was going on and she was like, oh, hey, yeah. Um, mm, the rest of the body's looking for you. They're going to do the cake, like trying to like sort it out. And, and he just sort of looked at her and was like, yeah, cool. And went with her to like the rest of the people. Oh my like, God, she saved Superhands. Yeah. Put that That's on your CV, mate. Crazy. Isn't it? So yeah, he's a bit of a, he's a bit of an icon in our, in our household. I mean, he's an icon in every household. We love him. That's very true. Back to some murder. <laughs> They've got a snake, um, and in, in the um, in the uh, YouTube documentary, they, they were like, "Yeah, it was it was there was rubbish everywhere. The only sign of life was this boa constrictor." Because because basically, they were trying to politely say that this place was a shithole. Yeah, and there was just trash everywhere, and it was disgusting. Like it was a drug den, pretty much. Fair enough. So they find a greenhouse behind the cottage. Okay. And there they find this mound of dirt with some hands sticking out of it. No. Yeah. So they find Mary Angela's body and it was still warm. Oh, that's gross. Yeah. They go back and they say this to Volpe. They're just like, mate, <laughs> there's a dead body what literally you in your garden. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe tell us about that. <laughs> um, so he, he has several testimonies as time goes on. His first one is that... A gun fired by accident because he was showing it to her and then Elisabetta ran to the scene once it went off and they both decided no one would believe them that the gun accidentally went off. To be fair, they both sound like fucking idiots from everything you've told me. So I wouldn't be surprised if that actually did happen, you know? It didn't, but um, that's that's what he said first of all. However, there were prints at the scene that showed that someone else was there and they're not telling the full story because someone else was definitely there. Okay. And Elisabetta's ramblings don't fit in with his story either. Right. Obviously, she's rambling stuff about sacrifice and whatever. So, this second testimony, he says he'd called Mary Angela to visit him at the cottage. And then they had started arguing. So, he took out the gun to threaten her. And then it accidentally went off. So, they panicked and they called Sapone, our other favorite vampire. And Sapone arrives and notices that Mary Angela isn't actually dead. So he says to Volpe, you can't even kill a girl. What? <laughs> and then they wrap her in a tarp and drag her to the greenhouse. And then Sapone hits her over the head with a shovel to kill her. And they all bury Fuck's her. Sake. So that's his story. That's fucking ridiculous. Michelle is watching his TV and he sees that Volpe's been arrested. And he's like, yeah, bitch, here we go. Shit, it's happening. So he is pretty sure that Volpe is involved in the disappearance of his son also. And now that he's been arrested, he can go to police with his dossier and say, look, mate, boom, smash it down on the table. you got to listen to me. And that's exactly what he does. Michelle goes to the police and he explains his research. And he says that he thinks that Volpe killed Mary Angela because at the time of Fabio's disappearance, he and Mary Angela were dating. 
And so she oh. probably knew too much about the double murder of Fabio and Chiara. Yep. And so she she probably had to be done away with, right? Of course. Based on Michelle's research, the police decide to follow the lead that the cult activity led to murders. Right. And Volpe is advised by his lawyer to tell all. So he goes, there's a group of us, we're called the Beasts of Satan. Here are yep. all the murders, what we done. And no. here is the list of all of us. He genuine, we're like, <clears throat> fair play. Like, tell everything about that one crime you just did. From his point of view, anyway. But, yeah. like, that's like, it, when your mum was like, if you tell me what you did, I won't be as angry. And then you tell them every lie you've told your entire life. Like, what? Like, that's dumb on his part. Do you know I what know. I mean? I know. Unfortunately, I couldn't find much information about what what other murders that they're referring to in this documentary. So, right. on Wikipedia, it says about their um, trials and stuff. And it doesn't say anything about these other murders however and also in all the other articles that i read it didn't say anything about that but obviously wikipedia is the one where it was like trials here's what happened here's what happened yeah you know in like a list sort of way um and yeah nothing i can't find anything out about the other murders but apparently there's really been some more um if anyone knows or has like a better documentary for me to watch i would love to know because like i said the sources that i found didn't really go into that much detail about the actual cult activity but anyway, here's what I do know. When he gave the list of all the cult members, it was identical to Michelle's list. How good is that? That's really good. Michelle is such a good sleuth. He's, he's very he's, clever. He's a smart boy. So, Volpe says that Sapone ordered him to kill Mariangela because she was drifting away from the group and she took, knew too much, so was a liability. Bitch, Michelle knew it. Apparently, Sapone said that if Volpe didn't kill Mariangela, Sapone would kill Volpe and Elisabetta, Volpe's new girlfriend. Yep. So that's what happened. They killed her because Sapone was getting worried. And it turns out that Ozzy, or his Italian name, Paolo Leone, um, he wasn't the leader. It was actually Sapone. Oh, really? Sapone's the like big baller. Yep. But Ozzy is like a senior member in the cult. Now, I love this quote. It's from complex.com and then forward slash pop culture 2012 craziest real life crimes committed in the name of Satan, blah, blah, blah. Um, I'll put a link up, but here's the quote. I love it. Unfortunately for them, Volpe and Saponi were... Sorry, can I start again and do an accent? Yeah, yeah do it. Unfortunately for them, Volpe and Saponi were, in addition to occultists, morons. <laughs> While that is so accurate. While en route to drowning the girl's car in a nearby river, they took large amounts of heroin and cocaine, crashed the vehicle, and were arrested. The police questioning soon led to the discoveries of their heinous acts. End quote. <laughs> They're right. That is fucking moronic. That's so stupid. So they literally got caught for... Obviously, they oh would eventually God. have been caught for Mary Angela's murder because her mum would have been worried, etc. But they literally yeah. got immediately arrested because they crashed the car because they were so fucked up on drugs. Everyone knows you don't commit two crimes at once. Like, that's, that's like no. textbook 101 shit. Like, get your shit together. Be a better murderer. Also, I can't imagine anything worse than doing something like that on coke or having just fucking taken heroin. I know, like, you'd freak out, wouldn't you? Yeah, that would make everything ten times worse. Idiots. Morons. Like I said, Fabio was 17. So okay. this, this is what's sort of going on with the Fabio and Chiara story when they get arrested and 
everything's coming out now, right? Yeah. So apparently more senior members than Fabio were interested in Chiara because he's only 17 and they're all around 19 or in their 20s. Sure. And they're thinking this 17-year-old run shouldn't be getting this fit goth bitch. I should instead. Um, and on top of that, she'd started to say stuff that, like she wanted to have more normality in her life. She wanted to start to distance herself from the group. She wanted to sort of not be as culty anymore. Right, fair play, to be honest. So the day that the two of them go missing, the Beasts of Satan get together in the afternoon, go to the woods near Soma Lombardo, northwest of Milan, and they dig a grave. Now, it's right. not clear whether this grave is for Chiara or for Fabio or for both of them. However, my theory is that it's for Chiara because she's starting to drift, whereas Fabio is super into it. Yeah. Um, and I also found this one article, which I admittedly didn't actually have time to read because I found enough information elsewhere. But I'll put a link up to it. It said something along the lines of, um, the beasts of Satan thought that Chiara was, what do you call it, when it's like, the Madonna, that's it. They thought she was like a Madonna. Right. And I can't tell if that's a good thing or a bad thing, because like, who doesn't want to be the yeah. Madonna? But at the same what time, you, if you're what a do Satanist. You mean by that? Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. So I'm not entirely sure. This didn't come out in the documentary or any of my other sources, but I will put that up just in case you're interested in that sort of side theory. Okay, sure. But the main theory is that she was drifting from the group and they didn't like that. They then meet up at the Midnight Pub all together with Fabio and Chiara, as they usually do, I suppose. Mm -hmm. And they, they invite Fabio and Chiara to a satanic ritual in the woods. As you do. As you do. Typical Friday night. What are you yeah. going to do off the pub? I don't know what satanic you do, mate, ritual I go woods. to the woods. <laughs> <laughs> so Fabio tries to avoid going. He didn't really fancy it. He told Volpe that he wanted to go home because his father would be worried, which he was. Yeah, fair um, enough. So Volpe made him make that call to his dad. So his dad was which right. Which is why he sounded weird, right? Yeah. Exactly. So he made him make that call, which was like, dad, I don't want to come home. Because he Volpe didn't want the dad to come looking for him. Of course. They all bundle into the car and they drive out to the woods. Now, literally, as soon as they set foot outside of that car in the woods, they start getting attached with knives. What? So this is why I'm thinking that maybe there's something about the theory that Kiara's like the Madonna or whatever. Maybe that means that she's like too pure and she wants to start moving away from things. Maybe it's that they really fancied her and didn't like the fact that she was drifting. In any case, I think she was actually the intended target because Sapone and Volpe take turns stabbing Kiara. Weird. And it's only when Fabio tries to get them off her that another cult member jumps him and beats him with a hammer and actually bashes his skull Fuck, in. Fuck, a hammer? Yeah. Jesus. So that's that's why I think maybe he wasn't the intended target. Maybe they wanted to take him along so that he could see what happened and see how deep into the cult he actually is and that he can't leave. Yeah. But maybe they think she's too far gone because she's already thinking about leaving. Because that's quite know. a common theme with cults, isn't it? To yeah. have them all attack one member to see if they're actually loyal to the cult. Exactly, yeah. Interesting. Um, so I'm wondering whether, whether he was actually ever the intended target. Yeah. Um, but that's just my personal theory. Um, I'm not entirely sure that it's founded in much, but there you go. So they these two are dying now. They're not dead. They're dying and they get thrown right. into the, the one grave. And then this is... Uh, these details get really... Like, they're not gross, but they make me so angry. It's so disrespectful. These are This, this is a 17-year-old and a 19-year-old. They're yeah. just starting to find out who they are as people. They're just... 
dabbling in the occult, trying to see if maybe that's where they fit in. One of them thinks, nah, maybe it's not for me. And now they're thrown into this grave and then they're pissed on. All the cult members piss no. on the bodies as they're dying in the grave. That's probably the worst thing I can think of doing to another person. That's, that's fucked. Like, it, gets, it gets a little bit worse. They then oh. bury them and it's unclear whether they were alive or dead at the point of being buried. No. Because they are dying. But obviously, if they're in a grave and you're not in the grave, you can't tell if they're dead or not yet, well, no, really. No, of course not. If, you know, they're unconscious or, you know, you're not really going to be able to tell from afar. So they were quite possibly alive when they were buried. Yeah. Um, and then Sapone decides it's a, you know, another great thing to do would be to dance on the grave and to sing, now you're both zombies, try to get out of this hole if you dare. First of all, that's a terrible song. Doesn't even rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> and second of all, like, that's the most, like, look at me, I'm so edgy, like, action you could I ever know. do. Well, I thought it was a terrible rhyme, and then I remembered that they're actually speaking Italian, so I Google translated oh. it, if you'd, like to, if you'd like to hear the Google translation. I would love that, go on, translate over. It's probably incorrect, because it's Google Translate, but here you go. Mm -hmm. Ora sei entrambi zombie, circa di uscare da questo buco. Still don't rhyme, mate. Sounds more satanic, though, doesn't it? It does, but that's, mm, but that's just because it's fucking Italian. Yeah. I like it. It sounds better. I it sounds better, that. yeah. He's still a dickhead, though. Yeah, he is. Um, so this is actually really smart. I don't condone, but this is smart. The next day, the cult members go back to the spot of the grave and they douse it with ammonia to prevent the animals from getting to the bodies. That's clever. You know, a lot of times bodies are found because the graves are too shallow. The animals smell the the, the flesh yep. and then they come and drag it up and then they find an arm or a leg or whatever far away from the actual spot where they were buried because they yep. get dragged. So this is smart, but that's the only part of the cult that I'm actually giving a nod to. Yeah, it's like the smartest thing they've done so far. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> other than that, they're just fucking idiots. Mm. They make are they really hot? So Volpe, in his big confession, he tells the police where to dig. They find the bodies. And on Fabio's body, they find 64 knife slashes. No. And his throat is slit. Fuck. Yep. And he was hammered as well. Like, yep. that's, that's a lot. What the fuck? I know. That's overkill. I know. That's why I'm thinking maybe there isn't a lot to my theory that he wasn't the intended victim. Um, mm. you know, it sounds pretty intentional, to be fair. Sounds pretty <laughs> intentional. Now, mm. this bit is actually quite interesting. And I am okay. going to do a little extra Patreon episode for those who are interested. So you know how Michelle thought Ozzy, or Paolo Leone, was the leader of the group? Yeah. Turns out he thought that because he is the one who introduced occultism to the group. So Sapone okay. is the leader, but Ozzy slash Paolo Leone is the one who introduced it to them all. And he knew about the occult because he was the son of a known Satanist and murderer. What? Which known, yeah. which known Satanist? As in someone who was jailed because of a murder that people knew he did because he's a Satanist. Yeah, yeah. Like, what's his name? That's the thing. I haven't looked into that because I didn't have time, but I am going to do okay, a Patreon like special on nice. this guy and how he oh, raised goodness, his son. Because if, if, if Ozzy's house, bless you, if Thanks. Ozzy's house is full of the occult 
and he still lives with his parents, then I'm wondering, you know, how much influence did his dad have on him? Did of course, he, yeah. You know, when people get, like, as a kid, they're brought to church on Sundays and stuff. Did they do, like, the opposite when he was a kid? I'm interested. Yeah, he got taken out to the woods on Sunday <laughs> yeah, nights. Exactly. So I'm really interested in that. So I'm going to look into it. And I'm going to cover the murder that Ozzy's dad did as well as a case. And then some background into Ozzy's father and the relationship that he had with him and the occult. Awesome. Um... They all get prison time, obviously, because they did some murders. Um, so Volpe gets 30 years. And I'm, I'm not going to list the names of the other people in the cult because it's too, there's, you know, it's too complex. I'm just going to talk about the ones that I've spoken about in the story so far. Right? Yeah. So Volpe gets 30 years because he talked about the stuff. He confessed. Whatever. He helped police. I don't care. I think he should have gotten longer, but whatever. Yeah. Um, so Pone, he got a life sentence. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. And then Paolo Leone got 24-ish years. Okay, not bad. Not bad. Although he was like the leader, so um, I don't know. And uh, do you yeah. remember Elisabetta, um, yeah, yeah. Golpe's girlfriend? Yeah, mm -hmm. she got between 24 and 26 years as well. What? For what? For being there when Mary Elizabeth, um, Mary on. Angela, sorry, was, was murdered. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, like, yeah, she was there. But if it's a cult, how the fuck are you going to stop any of it? You literally, there's nothing you can do. Like, oh. I just scrolled down. <laughs> yeah. It got reduced. Thank goodness. So in the documentary, oh, okay. they were complaining that she got 24 years. But actually, I've just scrolled down and it got reduced to three months to 23 okay. years. So between three months and 23 years, I guess it's dependent on behavior. Yeah, it'll be behavior and parole. That's yeah. really good, though. Like, I, you know, she's obviously not innocent, but she doesn't deserve fucking 25 years. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm going to play you this clip now because this is, oh, it gave me chills. It's Michelle talking about how Volpe was acting like he was really remorseful, blah, blah, blah. But he thinks it was all an act. When the accused show remorse, it's always for themselves. The ones who committed those offenses, those terrible and reprehensible crimes, have asked both me, my family, our families, and even their own families to forgive them. Some of them have even used the papers and the media to do so. Volpe and Guerrieri have expressed their regrets in that way. But when I personally met Volpe at the prison in a face-to-face -face encounter, I understood just by looking at him that these regrets were just for show. Because for them, evil flows in their veins. It is part of their DNA. How intense is that? That's fucking intense, mate. Yeah, so I uh, just thought I'd play you that little bit before we finish. But that's interesting because so he's saying the evil like flows in their DNA. Does he mean that as in like just the people they are or as Satanists? Um, I think he just means that he's fucking evil because that's who he is. He's an evil person. I don't think it means anything about the Satanism, but who knows? Cool, okay. Just curious because like if you look into actually what Satanism is in general... It's actually like, it's like a belief system. It's 
it's actually more about love and stuff. It's very interesting. I know. Satanism is not all this Satan worship like It's not think. all emos with fucking pentagrams. If anyone's interested, I'm assuming that you know about Satanism the same way I know about Satanism, which is last podcast on the left when they do about um, black magic and stuff like that. I actually haven't listened to those episodes. I only listened to the, uh, the black metal ones. Oh, really? You haven't listened to the Satanism episodes? No, I should, though. Yeah, they're, they're really good. They talk about what Satanism is and what it isn't and, you know, how it's actually positive in some ways. And it's more of like a humanist. Yes, it is. Yep. Sort of Ooh. what you get, what you put out into the world sort of stuff. So I should definitely listen to that. Then. Yeah, it's really interesting. So good. that's my case. That's me done. Awesome. That was really sick. Right? Really Very spooky. crazy stuff. It's weird as well, thinking about how young they all were. Like, when you think so about the young. shit that you get up to as a teenager, like, you can see how that stuff sort of escalates. Not to say that it, that's anything that I would have fucking done, but like, no. <laughs> you know, you get into a weird crowd and they start doing weird shit. And before you know it, you caught up and you're like, what are we doing? It's yeah. very, as a teenager, it's easy to see how you can get caught up in it. It's weird, isn't it? Okay. Oh, I'm yawning. Oh. Let's have a short break. Make yes. you blow your nose or whatever else you need to do. You poorly bean. Cheers, mate. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll be right back. Have a lemon sip. Okay, so today my case is uh, about a man called Baylor Kiss. Now, Baylor is spelt B-E with a little hat on it. So B-E-L-A, but uh, he's from Hungary. So if you're speaking in Hungarian, that's Baylor. He was born in 1877 um, and he worked as a tinsmith. So he did bits with tin. He lived in a place called Chincota, which was near Budapest. Now it's a part of Budapest, but at the time it was near it, if you want to look at a map or anything. Um... And not only was he a tinsmith, but he was also an amateur astrologer, and he was very fond of fond of the occult. <gasps> Interesting. Is this another cult case? It's not a cult case, unfortunately. Okay. But it, don't worry, mate. It's going to be good. It's going to be really good. Okay. So he he marries twice, right? And he has two kids. His second wife was significantly younger, and she started seeing some other men. So his second wife runs away um, with another man. Now, he's attractive, right? This bloke, if you look at a picture, we'll add one in on the notes. But if you Google it now, Lux, yeah. um, he's got a fucking great moustache. Like, <laughs> it's huge. I'm not, big I know mustache. Sam's got one, but I'm not partial to a moustache. And you're not. Me neither, to be honest. Oh, my God. What do you mean he's attractive? Look at that face. Yeah, do you oh, know what I mean? They're, they're no. like, oh, yeah, he's, he's a fucking snack. I don't think he is, mate. So if you're watching right now, if you're interested, Google it. Like, <laughs> the picture that's just on the Wikipedia, like the first one that comes yeah. up. Oh, my God, he's not good looking. What? He's not. And, and they were saying, <laughs> he they were saying like that he gremlin. was like blonde and tall, but his moustache is fucking very dark. So I don't it know. Is a, it is black, true. mate. It is a black yeah, moustache. You know, he is not I mean? a blonde man. No. So that's our boy Bella, right? Now... He's got a housekeeper called Mrs. Um, uh, J-A-K-U-B-E-C, so Jakubek, um, yeah. in 1912. She starts working for him after his wife runs away with another man. And she says that she noticed he corresponded often with women in ads. In the, he was putting ads in the paper. Oh, um, like Lonely Hearts for like, type thing. Yeah, but also for fortune telling as well. Because um, we know that he's interested in uh, <laughs> uh, the occult and stuff. So all, all to be oh honest, very God. fucking weird, right? Has he got a crystal ball and he, and he looks into it whilst he twiddles his moustache and stuff? Maybe, mate. I wouldn't be surprised. Like, he's that kind of guy. He's very extra, from what I can tell. So, yeah. So he's known as, you know, like a lonely arts killer, right? Now, in on his property, because it's a big old house, he's got seven big gasoline drums. And 
people noticed that he had them, like his neighbours. He wasn't really good friends with his neighbours, but they noticed that he had them. And they were like, what's that all about, mate? Like, we That's where he puts his bodies, isn't it? Well, okay, if that's your theory, we'll stick with that for now, okay. right? And he basically was like, no, mate, they're full of gasoline. Like, World War, the war's about to kick off. And I'm going to just stockpile these for if shit kicks off and we need some for the town. Very sweet. So he's a doomsday person as well as a fortune teller. I mean, to be fair, person. World War One literally does then begin and he goes off to fight. So, like, yeah, it's, it's 1912 and they all knew it was going to happen. So... He goes off to fight, right? And he leaves behind Mrs. Jakobek with the kids. No, the kids are growing up at this point. She just, for some reason, she's still in the house, just like chilling and like looking after her and stuff. Probably Fair enough. and stuff, yeah. Yeah. So that's him, right? This is the background. And he's, he's actually really clever. He's um, taught himself everything. Um, he's very well read. And he uh, could just fit into conversations with the upper class um, very easily because he just read so much, which is pretty impressive for the time period. So then in 1916, now it, this is one of two things that could have happened because there's, there's very conflicting accounts of what actually happened. Either the landlord called the police because he heard rumours about um, Kiss getting fatally wounded off in battle and he's gone to check out the property to move it on and found the drums, these weird drums. Right, so that's, um, that's theory number one. Yeah. Second theory is the soldiers knock at the door, like a, a bunch of soldiers who are in need of gasoline because it's the war, and the housekeeper's a bit dubious, but she lets them in to have a look. So right. either way, um, basically, they go to open up these, these canisters. Now, the generally accepted version is that one of the soldiers, because the soldiers go with the police as well, because if it's gasoline, they're going to need to help them move them out. Yeah. Um, the soldiers try and poke a hole in it to work out whether it's diesel or petrol. And this fucking disgusting smell just seeps out of no. it. Yeah, <clears throat> oh. yeah, exactly. They open it up fully. The detective takes over the whole thing. And the first thing they discover is the body of a strangled woman, right? Mm. So, that's, so, so, so that's what's the fluid? Good. Is it like body fluid? Well, no. What he's done is he's tried to fucking pick all the bodies in alcohol. Oh my as God. In like, yeah, as in like methanol. They've called it wood alcohol. Yeah. Right. So... Great, in, good, good and one, mate. In the seven, in the seven <laughs> remaining drums, it's all very similar stuff, but different methods. So they found people who had been poisoned, and they also found, you know, how his wife ran away with her lover. Oh, she didn't run away, did she? She did not, mate. She ran right in that barrel. They found her <laughs> right, ran right, right into in the that barrel, barrel mate. <laughs> yeah, found her and the man that she was supposed to run away with, both strangled um, <gasps> in the barrel. Oh, so he yeah. didn't make up the man or anything. I thought he would have made up the man. Oh, wow. Okay. No, he, he fucking got both of them, mate. So they found there 23 women's bodies and the one man. 23? Yeah. Between seven barrels. Oh, big, so right? they were all... Oh, okay. I, thought, um, I mean, it's still gross, but at least they're not mashed yeah. in like sardines. I mean, they probably were, to be fair. I mean, a gasoline barrels are kind of big, but they're not, like, huge. They're about as big as, like, a water butt that you'd have in your garden. Oh, that's <clears> right. And they have a look at some of the bodies, and on a lot of them, there's puncture wounds in the neck, and the blood has been drained. <gasps> like a vampire. Yeah. Now, I, now, I didn't find this out from Wikipedia. I'm going to say a quick note here on my sources. Like, we're going uh, to obviously put them in the show notes. But I found a lot from Murderpedia and Wikipedia, which pretty much said the same thing. And then all the slightly more controversial stuff, like the puncture wounds in the neck, I'm finding from slightly more dubious websites like like uh, Quora and those websites where it's like lists, like, oh, 10 
Yeah, so vampires the same as world. mine, really. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know how true that is, but a lot of them are saying that there were puncture marks. So take from that what you will. So then, so then we we go right. What what the fuck has happened here? Let's have a look around the house. And they um, initially um, thought the landlady was in on it because they were like, it's been under your nose the entire time. What the fuck? How did you not notice this was How happening? did you not smell it? <laughs> Literally, yeah. How did you not fucking know he was doing this? But she genuinely didn't. And the reason they, they, they actually turned it around and believed that she didn't know anything was because she said, look, I'm going to show you something. Come with me. This is a room that he told me never under any circumstances to enter. I don't know what's in here. And I don't want to know. So you guys crack on, like go in. Oh. They go in this room and he'd actually been posting in the newspapers that he was a widower. So interestingly, he'd already admitted to everyone that his wife was dead, but he hadn't said that he killed her, which is very interesting. Instead of saying that his wife ran away, he was telling everyone he was a widower. Maybe, maybe, they, th- um, maybe they just thought that he, he would, was embarrassed and thought that it would come across better. Maybe, yeah. That too. Yeah. I like the idea that he was like, ha ha ha, I actually am one. Like, like do you know what I mean? Because he yeah, yeah, yeah. had fucking killed her. So they go in the secret room and what they find is correspondence with 74 women, right? 74? 74. So they think actually- Player! They think he killed more than 23 because a lot of the women have gone missing out of those 74. But oh, they right. don't know where the bodies are and there's a reason why they can't work out, you know, from him. They find love letters, photos- amongst also a shitload of books on poisoning and strangulation, right? Of course. At least he's well read. Exactly. Good boy. Read your books. Stay in school, kids. So he says (laughs) that... uh, (laughs) You know how I mentioned that he was like proper clever, so he fit into the posher circles? Yeah, yeah. Well, basically, from letters they find, it's very clear that he would meet these women, start basically their version of texting them, right? And (laughs) he would embezzle them out of money like a fucking real life catfish this is why i was interested in this because oh, i've been watching catfish for fucking i've been watching well. the latest season is so good really yeah oh, the, no, the most recent one the one where um max sort of isn't really a part of it good because he's boring i know well no i'm doing tonight good so they find out that he was embezzling them for money he selected mainly women who had no relatives nearby so they wouldn't be noticed they went missing and he convinced them to send him money and if they cause a problem about it, he would just kill them, right? That's basically what happened there. I mean, it's smart. He got away with it for a while, didn't he? He did, mate. He got away with it for so long. Now, police also found old court rec- records, which indicated that court proceedings had begun with multiple women accusing him of taking their money. Oh. But all the women who started up these ca- uh, court court cases, they all disappeared and the cases were dropped. How was this not looked into more? Like, I swear if you start a court case and then you go missing that's suspicious right off the bat but in that at that point in time like it's world war one mate they've not even got like fucking proper doctors or anything at the moment like it's yeah, still fair. quite like not got time i guess if someone goes missing in the middle of a war you go fuck knows they probably ran off they might have died they might have whatever it's a weird time to be doing all this kind of shit yeah 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 so so he picked the perfect time really so where was he right because earlier on i mentioned that they he, thought he just he'd left yeah. wounded yeah, he, he he was inscripted in the army. And earlier on, I mentioned how there was one ca- one um, one account that the landlord was, you know, told that he was more, like fatally wounded. But that actually wasn't the case. Um, they really struggled to locate him because the, the last name Kiss is actually a really common name because it means little in Hungarian. Oh my gosh, that's so cute. It's really cute, isn't it? So 
basically like it's like having the last name Smith and trying to find them in the yeah. army. Like, do you know what I mean? It's just fucking no way. And at the they basically when they did find him, they found out he was well, when they thought they'd found him, there was a really high chance of him being a prisoner of war, basically. Um, which makes the whole thing much harder because what the fuck can you do? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Another reason why they thought the just to pop pop this in there. Another reason why they thought the landlady had something to do. Sorry, the um the ha- the housekeeper th- had something to do with it was because she had a lot of money left to her from him if he died. Oh, really? Yeah. So they were really suspect of her for a long time. So in October nineteen sixteen, so quite like the same year they found out um with the bodies and the barrels. The detective in charge, who's called N A G Y, I think you like pronounce it Nagy, but I don't know. Yeah, he received a Nagy, can you imagine having Nagy. that name? Oi, Nagy, yeah. <laughs> he received a letter stating that Kiss was in a Serbian hospital after he'd been injured in battle. Now okay. get this. This sounds like a fucking movie, right? I'm ready. Nagy arrived too late because the guy had escaped like the day before, the night before, and left a fucking dead body of another soldier in his bed all tucked in. <laughs> oh, nice. Like, it's like from fucking Pink Panther or something. It's hilarious. Nice. Um... Just speaking of movies quickly, actually, there is a movie on this. I found it when I was looking up, looking him up. Um, it was made in 2013. It's called Baylor Kiss, the prologue. And I watched Ooh. the trailer and I was like, I might watch it. It doesn't look great. It's somehow like set in a hotel and his mum's there and shit. And he's a young man. It's like obviously a before thing. It's a prologue. And then I looked up on IMDb and it's got a fucking rating of four. And I was like, no, nope, not a chance. But if you... Oh, like if you like shit TV, then I would definitely, you know, give it a try. I might do and, it tonight. And not shit TV boarding. like Catfish, which is actually great TV that's just quality not really entertainment, deep, you know. But actual TV that's not good to watch. Yeah, yeah I'd imagine it has a <laughs> terrible fucking plot by the looks of it as well, because it seems yeah. to just be, oh, he's in the hotel with us. Woo, that seems to be the entire thing. So take from that what you will. So from here, that's the last time where they know exactly where he was. All sightings from there on were unconfirmed. There were two main rumours in the following years. One was that he was imprisoned in Romania for burglary. Don't know why, where that comes from. Or that he had died of yellow fever in Turkey. Wait, so they never found him? No, they never found him. In 1920, a soldier in a French foreign legion reported on another soldier who was named Hoffman. Now that's important because Hoffman was a fake name that he'd used in a lot of the letters to the ladies. Mm-hmm. And this particular soldier boasted how good he was at using a garrote to strangle people and oh seemed to know God. a lot about poisons and he feared the description. Now, so, yeah, police were notified and again, Hoffman, whoever this person was, left before the police could reach him. How did he know they were after him or did he just, was he just on the move know. all the time? Potentially that, yeah. But I think the first time he knew someone was coming... Because yeah. he'd obviously put a dead body in his bed, which is really weird. Yeah. Um, and, and also, to go back to that, there is a theory that he probably stole the dead soldier's information and like ID cards and ran off with them. So they don't even know what name he's going by, where he might be, anything. He's um, so smart. This is genius. Is it is genius. Like, And then in 1932, one homicide, homicide detective in, uh, in the US thought he'd seen him coming out of a subway in New York and there were already rumours circulating amongst police that he was working as a janitor in like an apartment block somewhere in New York and police went to verify it and the janitor in question was already gone. They hadn't even had a chance to question him again. Jesus. And that's that. He'd be dead by now because like he was already middle-aged at this point. So luckily we've got nothing to worry about anymore. But I mean, <laughs> yeah, mate, like, unless he actually was a vampire. And in that case, don't go to fucking 
So is there no more news on the... Because you said it was from the sort of esoteric sites. Is there no more news on the uh, vampire stuff? Nope. That's all we've felt like. That's all we've heard. Nuts. Yeah, it's really weird. There's a lot of weird stuff in there where it's like, yeah, it's, it's difficult to, un- to get exactly how much of it is true and how much of it is just fucking gossip because of how long ago it was. That's but it's interesting. Crazy. Sure. Yeah. That's a really good case, mate. Yeah, mate. I thought it was really good. Very well done. And applause yeah. for you. But yeah, if anyone's got anything else on either of those cases, uh, again, like get in touch because I definitely would be interested to hear exactly what the other murders were in Lux's case. I think yeah. that would be really cool to find out. Yeah. I mean, I, I will post all the random weird sources that I found um, and maybe someone can gather something from one of those, but I couldn't find much. If, you know, there was hardly anything on this. So, yeah. And yours was ages ago. So if anyone's got maybe a book written yeah, from around the time, actually. maybe that exists, you know, before the internet. The internet. Yeah, that one. All right. Good. Well, it's been a pleasure as always. As always. Should we give your poorly voice a rest? Yeah, I think that's fine. I'll, t- I'll tell the good the good people where to find us. Thanks. It is Killing It Crime on Twitter, Killing It Crimecast on Instagram, Killing It Crimecast at gmail.com if you want to email us. On Facebook, just type in Killing It the Crimecast and you can like our page, leave us a little review and we'll give you a shout out on here. On all your podcatching apps, you can find us and leave us a five star review on the Apple Podcast app and we will give you a shout out also. Also, if you want to hear some extra special stories and a Killing It Quickly episode that Meg and I did, go to our Patreon page, which is just Killing It The Crimecast. Give us some dollar and who knows, depending on how much you give, you might get a sticker, a badge, a, you might get to choose a case. But regardless of what amount of money you give us, you will get access to all of those bonus listening yep things and you get to see meg's face you do get to see my face it's a beauty it's worth it very special uh, little treat all right then all righty thank you so much again for the lovely responses we've been getting it's nice to yes. see that people are excited hopefully we're not disappointing um <laughs> don't let us know if we are because we are fragile <laughs> Don't be, don't be mean i don't want to know that yeah <laughs> no but let us know if you like us because give us that little pump of of uh ego boost that's not a phrase that people say is it all right no it's not but do say nice things because it's a nice thing to do also just quickly we put a tweet out uh obviously this is going to come out way after i've done this but a couple of tweets about if you send me something i probably will do a case on it the odds are because i'm still learning how to do podcasts and do the research and stuff and it's nice to have a bit direction so if you're super interested and you'd like me to cover a specific case Get in touch, let me know, and odds are I probably will do it. So there's that too. Yeah. Sweet. Cool. All right, see you next time. Bye, guys. <laughs>